2: I absolutely love my people who are tuning in for another edition of the KJ Podcast. Friday, San Francisco, Chinatown. You're going to get my 49ers takes because that's what you want. That's why you're listening. And I have a lot of them. And another straight week. Week three here where I'm skewing towards the positive side. 49ers lose 41-39. To The Los Angeles Rams Thursday night football So much to get into Gotta start with two words here though There's two words that describe the 2017-49ers so far Kyle Shanahan's first season John Lynch up there In a box Nervously watching the game There's two words that describe this team so far Wildly inconsistent But resilient And that's what you saw Thursday night That's what you saw in Seattle This team gets punched in the face often. They punch back and have a close game in the fourth quarter. You're okay with that. One week, the offense is going to be fantastic and score 39 points, and Brian Hoyer is going to throw for 322 yards. Pierre Garçon is going to be the best receiver on the field. One week, they're not going to be able to get a first down. They're going to struggle protecting the quarterback. Same thing defensively. In Seattle, DeForest Buckner basically was paying rent in the backfield for Seattle. Last night against the Rams, this defense got no pressure and Todd Gurley ran over them. So they're going to be inconsistent from week to week. They they don't know if they're very good on either side of the ball yet, but there's been flashes. There's been resiliency. It's really the exact opposite of Chip Kelly. Last year, this team would come out and score first and throw the first punch and then lay down. This year so far, this team has gotten kicked in the face, and they pick themselves back up. I mean, after Brian Hoyer threw that first interception early on, people saw it. I mean, C.J. Beathard was getting stirred up a little bit on the sideline there. It, it felt like it could be an inevitable meltdown. They respond. I think I overestimated this team. I don't think they're going to go 6-10 and 10 this year, but we're getting close football games. Really, there's not many other teams around the league that would be happy being 0-3, The Browns are one, the Jets are another, maybe the Colts this year are going to be losing games and and looking towards the future. But I don't think this team is headed in the wrong direction at all. I've seen enough things so far. It's only flashes, and they're not going to be consistent, guys. Just just remember that at the end of the year, are we really going to be thinking about the Rams game in Week 3, that the 49ers should have won and converted that two-point conversion and the offensive pass interference on Trent Taylor – them, because you're going to end up picking seventh and having to take someone else. If this team does finish 3-13, and there's going to be agonizing moments, but if they're close losses like this in the fourth quarter, it's all going to be worth it if this team can get the blue chip quarterback or cornerback or player that they think can be like Ruben Foster. So, a lot to get into here as we delve into this Friday edition of the KJ Podcast. Again, I, I overestimated this team. I thought they could go 6-10. and 10. That's out the window. I think, what, three or four teams who have ever started 0-3 have made the postseason? You know, you're still going to play Hoyer for a while here. He's, you want the offense to work and the system to run. By the way, you saw Sean McVay running the same exact offense last night with a young quarterback named Jared Goff, who threw six incompletions and was completely in control with the play action to Todd Gurley. That is a team the 49ers are going to hope to look like maybe next year, but probably two years, guys. This rebuild is going to be a lot longer than you think. Think about the Rams here, who are probably the third-best team in the division. They have a young franchise quarterback, a star running back, a young dynamic receiver in Watkins, the best defensive lineman in the league in Aaron Donald. They have holes in their back end, but the Rams... Roster is clearly ahead of the 49ers, and that's what happens. There's 150 plays in a game. Last night, a wild shootout. My buddies back on the East Coast were staying up late to see. They were shocked that this was a great game. Like I said, 150 plays in the game. The 49ers are going to make 15 bad plays every week. There's going to be blown assignments, a dumb Hoyer interception, a Mostert fumble, and teams like the Rams just have other playmakers who capitalize on those mistakes Listen, this team was a Robbie Gould extra point away from possibly winning when they played like dog crap on defense. The defense, let's get into that. They looked not good at all. You have after the game, Navarro Bowman is talking about play on Thursday night, affected his body. He's not normally a guy who makes excuses, and he did not play well at all. There's no alarm bells for that, but... You're counting on one of your highest-paid veterans to lead you in a Thursday night game where you have a lot of young players on defense. Rashad Robinson's going to get picked on, guys. I mean, Sammy Watkins, I don't even think is a top 15 receiver in the league. This is one of the easier matchups he was going to have. He's getting beat deep. He's getting beat really on slant routes over the middle of the field. He's turning his back. A lot of growing pains are going to be happening this year for Rashard Robinson. He's going to watch film of this Friday morning with Robert Sala and not be happy about his performance, and he's going to have to forget about it quickly. He's going to have to guard Larry Fitzgerald, then T.Y. Hilton, then possibly Terrell Pryor. I think he does match up better with the bigger receivers than the shorter shifty guys. But again, John Lynch called Rashard Robinson a number one corner in the offseason I asked Kyle about it several times. Are you sure this guy can handle all this? They put way too much on his plate this year. I think, ultimately, he's a high-end number two guy. This team needs an elite cornerback, someone that they feel heavily invested in that can lock down receivers and make plays. It's just going to be a mostly poor season for Rashad Robinson because he's not ready to mark elite talent yet. They, they underestimated... Rashad Robinson, I think, or excuse me, they overestimated him because he's cocky and he thinks he can do it. He's just not there yet. He had great flashes his rookie year. I mean, fourth round pick. He's definitely NFL worthy. He's definitely a good corner. But last night was rough, very rough. Dante Johnson, his counterpart, taking wrong angles and Todd Gurley getting huge gains on that. Um And, I mean, really, that brings me to my next larger point. Struggles were inevitable walking into this season. This was not going to be a team executing on all cylinders, punching people in the face every week, getting the lead, forcing turnovers on defense, playing flawless football. We knew struggles were inevitable. My point is this team is fighting through them. They're down two touchdowns in a game, And they're not conceding, and Kyle's taking chances on fourth down, and Victor Bolden stripping the ball on a special teams play, a guy that most people projected to be on the practice squad. The 49ers are taking chances on guys, and they're putting them in the game and making plays. I mean, let's get to Trent Taylor right now. Only three catches, but one was for a touchdown. They're getting him more involved as a slot receiver that's huge. This is a fifth-round pick coming in and looking like he's going to be a key cog moving forward. And, of course, the offensive pass interference. Every 49ers fan on Twitter is flipping out. Mayoko's writing articles about it now. There was questions about it after the game. Obviously, you don't want refs determining the game like that. And one call did not lose the 49ers the game. The defense did. My point, they're targeting Trent Taylor on a third-and-long in the game They're starting to trust this guy. I mean, this is a fifth-round pick. This is why you hired Kyle Shanahan, because you draft offensive players late. He's able to develop them, carve them roles. When's the last time a fifth-round, sixth-round, seventh-round pick on offense under Trent Baalke was doing anything in a game to try and help this team win a game? So, very positive momentum there. That is, sorry. Hoyer's bought himself some time. A lot of my friends here, Larry Kruger, Damon Bruce, some of these radio hosts in town, have been really calling for Beathard to be playing right away. Listen, Beathard's going to go out there and look like George Kittle dropping passes. He's going to look like Solomon Thomas, who's not making an impact on every play. He's, he's a rookie who would go in there and shoot the team in the foot quite a bit. You do want this positive momentum, even if you're losing. You, If Hoyer had thrown three picks, I think the question, and the conversation could shift towards C.J. Beathard, but Hoyer responded 300 yards, the offense is moving, the team is, they don't look bad when Hoyer plays like that, it's, it's just way too early in the season to throw C.J. Beathard out there, this team is 0-7, they have a three-game road trip coming up, it's going to be extremely difficult at Arizona, at Indy, at Washington. Then you start thinking C.J. Beathard, but Hoyer bought himself some time, really the deep ball with him and the deep ball in this offense and Kyle Shanahan's aggressive play calling. You're just not going to be able to do that with C.J. Beathard. He's going to have to diagnose plays at the line and get everyone on the right page and he's going to be taking a lot of hits. So it's just—it's nowhere near time for that. Um, This team... They had a plan going into the year. They're going to be nowhere good as what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan probably mapped out. Of course, publicly, they're never going to admit this, but they look at the schedule. I mean, I think they projected themselves at 6-10, and 7-9, 8-8, and, eight and eight, best-case scenario. They have not played a full game of football together. That's what's a little troubling. I think they will. I think eventually the offense and defense will both play lights out together. They'll win a game 28-10. Everyone will be thrilled. The next week, they'll probably lose... 31 9, and not even score a touchdown and, and look bad. That's how it's going to be. And I don't think we've seen this team necessarily get out coached yet. The Rams last night were just so talented on offense, making the right decisions and exposing holes in the 49ers defense without Reuben Foster, without Eric Reed. Tart goes out. I mean, Jimmy Ward is laying wood and knocking people to the ground. Seven tackles, he's very physical. He's still learning that position back there. He's still learning deep safety. That's very difficult. Watkins made an unbelievable Willie Mays-style catch. Gurley is hurtling over people still. Listen, I think Jared Goff, a lot of people were like extremely down on him last year, already calling him a bust, way too early for that. He's very smooth off the play action. He's accurate. He makes quick decisions. Let's see him do it against legit defenses for weeks and weeks after a time. But, I mean... The Rams are sticking with this guy, I think, for the next two, three, four years. I don't think this is Sam Bradford. I think he's going to be one of your higher-end top-ten quarterbacks in a couple years. They have that in place. And I was talking with Tim Kalakami on Twitter this week. He wrote a nice article about Kirk Cousins and how you plug Kirk Cousins into that game in Seattle. The 49ers probably win. If you plug Cousins into the game last night, do they win? Cousins also... Throws boneheaded interceptions. He gets sacked. He is not a perfect quarterback. He's definitely better than Brian Hoyer. But I look at golf. I look at how Wentz has started the year. I've just Mariota Carr. It, it seems simple. The way to get your franchise moving in the right direction is to build slowly, draft a quarterback. And that's why this close loss to the Rams may benefit the 49ers. We may be looking in January saying, This is how they're going to get Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, the quarterback of their choice. So I think this is a three- to four-year rebuild. I think you bring Kirk Cousins here next year and more free agents and a new draft class with players on defense, then you're catching up to the Rams and Cardinals, but you're not the Seahawks, not even close. You're not even close to the Packers. You're not close to Dallas. I think Philadelphia could have a really good year. Who knows with Detroit, they look good with Matt Stafford, too. So just looking at the NFC landscape, I just don't think there's a rush to get Kirk Cousins and make the playoffs. Yes, of course, you want to win football games, clearly. But you don't want to get Kirk Cousins here and cap out at 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven every year and lose in the first round. You want to identify a young quarterback and grow with him. And I think Jed and Kyle and John Lynch all feel comfortable enough with each other to know that they're going to miss the playoffs for the first three years. If they draft a quarterback next year and play him right away and have a top-five pick and he's their guy and they keep Hoyer as a backup just in case, I, I mean, they're going to be pretty bad. They're going to go 4-12, and 5-11. You're signing up for that really with a rookie quarterback. Rarely. It's like a rare RG3 situation where some guy lights the league on fire and usually it's not Vince Young and it's not sustainable so i think next year with a rookie quarterback it's just trending that direction they're just not ready yet garcon's great and use is awesome i mean kyle said they couldn't run some of the same running plays when use left with the neck concussion injury so i mean they signed some free agents that are definitely helping them move the football and will eventually help them win games but i mean they still need an elite receiver an elite tight end interior offensive line I mean Hyde's a free agent he's probably gonna go you're probably gonna have to draft a running back I'm not high on Joe Williams some of you are but that's just offense D-line you're gonna probably not you're gonna say listen we've invested so much in there we've gotta shift our attention towards the secondary my point is you're just not gonna be able to fix this team to be a sustainable NFC West winner next season no matter if it's Kirk Cousins, no matter, unless it's Tom Brady or something like ridiculous, unless it's like a Peyton Manning situation where someone crazy is switching teams and the Niners have all this money and it's a soft landing spot with a good coach. I just think we've seen flashes early this year, but this team, their roster just doesn't stack up. Other rosters around the league have more stars, more players that are winning football games. KJ Podcast here. Let me take a quick drink of water. A commercial rig sponsored by H2O. The thing that powers podcasts who only have one co-host. So um, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed that I I said it last week too that I allegedly believe this team could be six and ten. They'd have to go on some crazy run where Hoyer's protecting the football and I haven't talked about it enough. Carlos Hyde's looked great. All three games, really. He didn't get the ball enough week one against Carolina because they were losing by such a big margin. But, I mean, against Seattle, he has the big run. He was consistent last night. Um, 84 yards. I mean, it's only 3.4 yards per carry. I know my boy Joe, Joe Thomas told us don't look at yards per carry. But, um 25 carries. This team sustained drives, converted 9 of 18 on third down. That was a huge improvement. 5.7 yards per play. You'd like that to be closer to 7 if possible. But, um, yeah, I'm not flipping out. I know there's, there's going to be some people who are like, how are people buying to the false hope here? It looks just like Tom Sula. They're making dumb miscues. I, I don't see it that way. I really don't. This was one of your winnable games against the Rams. And if you lose against the Cardinals and Andrew Luck returns, I mean, you really are looking at 0-6, and and there's going to be frustrations. This is a point I brought up on Taylor Price's podcast. If the team does go 3-13, I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are strong enough not to point fingers at each other. Are their assistant coaches? Is the rest of the front office, you have Martin Mayhew and Adam Peters, you do have guys who have been there before, but at a certain point when you're losing and you didn't expect to be 3-13, and you thought you were going to be competitive, you brought in the Elvis Dumervilles, the, the veterans to try and change this culture to help you win games, do you start looking at each other and saying, what did we do wrong, who was wrong, who made what decision? That's the only negative that can happen from 3-13 and this year because if they're competitive and get a high draft pick, and Kyle Shanahan's coaching well and other free agents still want to come here and realize, hey, listen, <laughs> they call it brick-by-brick brick because there's literally nothing here. There was a empty field that they had to start from, and they did okay. My thing is, they're going to go into the next following season and unless they have a rookie quarterback. I mean, there's going to be a sense of, okay, we've got to solve some answers here. We don't like losing. I mean, Shanahan... Has had losing seasons before, but generally, even with the Texans, Redskins, he won the division. Browns, they were seven and nine. It was the second best season since two thousand. Falcons, he went to the Super Bowl. It's going to be hard for them to do the slow rebuild right. They they really want to win a Super Bowl. So it's, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're all getting along. It's just losing, you learn a lot, and that that was the best Kyle quote from his press conference Thursday. loss, he's wearing it hard on the chin. He gets asked the question, what do you say to the guys? He's not looking about the loss. He's looking to how guys react. If certain guys are pouting, if Rashad Robinson loses his swagger and is down on himself and is blaming his safety, he's looking for guys in the trenches now. And this could be a good thing for this season. Identify pieces long-term, not just physically who you want on the field, but mentally Who's gonna be able to survive this? Because in years that they do make the playoffs, hopefully in you know three, four, or five years from now, they're gonna hit losing streaks. They're gonna to have to go through losing. I mean, no NFL team really skates through the season unscathed. I mean, really, you're gonna root against Seattle and Arizona and the Rams just because they're your division rivals, but you're out of the playoff picture. I mean, you really are. It's September, and that's what's frustrating because it's the NFL, and you never know. And teams make quick turnarounds. You have people like Grant Cohn, my buddy, predicting nine and seven. I mean, there was skeptics really sipping the Kool-Aid and believing that this team could turn things around quickly. At the end of the day, it's just they don't have enough firepower. They really don't. They could have been foolish in free agency and signed Alshon Jeffrey and a bunch of high-priced guys and said, let's do this now. Let's go. Let's challenge for a wild card this season. And that's just not the right approach. They, they're doing the right thing here, but it's going to be frustrating because this team's not going to win very many games. And you're going to throw your remote several times during the game, but you're also going to jump up and clap and be like, you know what? They aren't that bad. They're, they are 0-3. They're as bad as their record, but they're not a devastating 0-3 where you're burying your hands in your face and you're saying, why am I wasting my time watching this team? You felt that way with Chip Kelly. You felt that way with Jim Tom Sula. That won't be the case with Kyle Shanahan. You will be treated to watchable, competitive, well-coached football. It's just you open the refrigerator, they don't have high-end meals to cook with, and they eventually will get that, and they'll eventually get Reuben Foster back on the field, which I think will change things dramatically on defense and keep the defense... Towards the middle of the pack Instead of Last night they looked like The worst defense In the league Goff went 7 of 8 On scoring drives They were Doing whatever they wanted Really So I think Foster Will change some things Eric Reed obviously will too That's the KJ Podcast Guys again I can't thank you enough I see the turnout And the clicks And people Investing time I know this again Sounds so shitty Without a really good microphone I hope to have that fixed by next week's episode um, I'll be paying attention closely to Redskins Raiders Sunday night obviously for Kirk Cousins watch even though I'm leaning heavily against that at this point point. and you have your other Bay Area team who just the energy in that building the culture they are doing the right thing with the Raiders don't be discouraged 49ers are a decent 0-3 you can live with how they're playing football and know that things aren't headed in the wrong direction. They have laid about three of 100 bricks that they need to lay in brick by brick, but... give them a chance. Keep listening to this. If you're ever in Chinatown, tweet me. If you're ever hanging out in the financial district, send me a tweet. i got time on my hands. I have an exciting project news to announce, hopefully... Soon, Um, probably the most exciting announcement of my life so let's hope that all pans out and KJ's back and everyone's clapping their hands but I will talk about the 49ers this entire season and I will continue this podcast because I love the Bay Area very knowledgeable fans it's been a pleasure interacting with you and we'll do it again next week